Hello everybody who uh, joined me from my video a moment ago. Um, welcome back. So I'm running a live at five. Riddle me this. Answering a question that appeared on one of the social media group forums from a lady who was having a terrible time. Um, the clue's in the title. Her, every horse she rides, every horse she gets, becomes more and more badly behaved and she knows it's herself doing it and doesn't know how to stop it, how to move forward um, and it was heartbreaking. Uh, I, I really, really felt. Um, she then went on to say that she feels so low about this that she is about ready to give it all up. It's jolly sad. They are. Okay, so let's have a little look at those questions. The first part of the question was very sensible, very grown up. Um, yeah, I liked it. It, it was, uh, I know it's my fault, which is already most of the battle answered. People, I see all the time adverts in, in magazines going confidence giver wanted. And honestly, my, whoa, I'm, I get furious. Don't think it's the horse's responsibility to give you confidence. The horse expects you, as the leader, to look after it, Tell us what was good, tell us bad, teach it manners, um, allow, allow it to live in the human world, just as the alpha mare would bully her offspring into the social group in a natural group of horses. Um, not only does it expect you to, it, it's, it's relying on that fact. So if you get a confidence-giving horse and then sit on it telling it that every bin, every grist bag, every bit of wool that was cleaner than it was last week, every car, every bicycle, every... is going to kill us. So if a horse... It's not going to stay confidence-giving very long. So if a horse says to you, hmm, not quite sure about this, is this safe? And you freeze up because you're frightened of the horse and you send the signal down the reins and on the horse's sides, look, I'm scared, I'm scared, I'm scared. Well, the horse is going to make the logical connection that something's wrong here. And you're going to teach the horse that the world is a scary place. Basically, you're going to teach the horse something every time you look at it. Every time you get it from the field, you're going to teach it something. Every time you lead it down the down towards the stables, you're teaching it something. If you allow it to go in front of you, you're teaching it something. If you allow it to drag behind you, you're teaching it something. There's a very, very sensible um, adage that when you go into the stable, the horse should move back because that's teaching it something. I also add that on that when I tie the hay net up, the horse is not allowed to start ripping the hay from out of my fingers before I've tied the knot because it's, it's going to hurt my fingers at some point. It's just not allowed. So, horse, you can stay in the corner there, stay there, until I've finished tying the hay net. And when I've finished, I just say, good boy, as I walk out. Mm -mm, horse comes and starts eating the net. It just teaches the horse that I know what's best. That I know what's best. There we are. And... You, whatever you're doing, you're teaching the horse something. So, 
we'd already got over that by the, the first level of the question. So it was absolutely wonderful that the lady in question already knew that she was doing this. She was doing it, obviously. These horses, it's, it's not a curse from God. These horses are responding to something she's doing. There were some super sensible replies um, about fear riding that going down the reins and all that sort of thing, which was good, and, and some things she could try. And what I felt that I could add, and what I do want to add, is to just draw out a little bit, draw out. Um, if you... My question would be, at the very basic level, draw right out, we have one life, we're here on this ball, floating through space, it's a blessing that we're here at all, and life is wonderful. It's even more wonderful that we're allowed the option of getting on horses equally. We're allowed the option of flying hang gliders. We're allowed the option of l lazing on boats. We're allowed the option of walking on in, in the most beautiful areas. We, there's so much that we can do. This is our life. We can do whatever we like, and it's a wonderful time to be alive. So what would you like to do? Why, why would you like to do horses? Why would you like to do horses? This to me is the fundamental question and I, I believe that this is, is what gets lost in a lot of people's lives. Why do you want to do horses? So when you look back to when you originally thought, I'd like to get a horse, I'd like to do a horse, maybe you have to think way back, maybe you have to think all the way back to 1986 when you first got the 1986 calendar of Frisian horses and they're all beautiful photographs of long-maned black beauties charging across the beach and you thought I'd love to do horses I don't know and when you were a teenager um, and you worked down the spa for one pound an hour or however old you are your equivalent of, of that was and people say why, why do you want a job and it's like well I want to get a horse so, oh, why do you want to get a horse? Why are you going to spend your time down the spa working for one pound an hour so that you can get a horse and you're going to have to get up before school and all this and that? And it's like, yeah, I want a horse, I want a horse, I want a horse. Why do you want a horse? And the answer back would have been, I don't know, whatever it was, a fridge covered in rosettes uh, galloping on the beach following in the path of some famous person who did a horse trail, a, a programme that you'd seen on TV, a, some, something, something, something. It wasn't somebody saying, oh, I'm going to work down the spa for a pound an hour. Why do you want to work down the spa for a pound an hour? So I can save up and get a horse. Why do you want a horse? So that every six weeks I can just walk down the lanes going, I hope I don't die, 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 I hope I don't die. That wasn't it. <laughs> that wasn't it. However, if we then uh, go on through our lives and we save up our one pounds an hour and we get our horses and we start and then there's a few mishaps here and there. And by mishaps, I don't just include incidents and accidents to yourself. I also uh, mishaps of the way that you think, the people you speak to, the magazines that you read, the meaning that you you. Um, give to any any incidents or accidents that, that you have um, this is where 
I mentioned the famous uh, slipping in the slipping in the shower. If you slip in the shower and and break your wrist, you don't give any meaning to it. You fall off the horse and do that same injury, and you give meaning to it. And if you don't, the people around you do. Oh, you're lucky you weren't dragged, and all that sort of blah. If you fall off a horse and break your wrist, people are like, oh, do you think horses are for you? Do you think you're going to be all right getting back on the road? Perhaps you shouldn't ride horses anymore. Maybe you're being foolish. If you slip in the shower and break your wrist, nobody says, oh, perhaps showering isn't for you. Do you think you'll be all right getting back in that shower? Maybe you should give showering up. It's the meaning that you, you put into it. And if not the meaning you put into it, I guarantee there are a whole community around you who will be putting meaning in for it. And if you start focusing on the mishaps and the misadventures, and it's very, very hard not to if you're surrounded by people who insist that you do, then you will lose sight of your goal. If you're thinking about the possibilities of being dragged, you're not going to think about the rosette-covered in the rosette-covered fridges. There isn't room for both. One, the result of horse riding is a rosette, and, and uh, your friends offering advice, uh, uh, offering compliments, and asking your advice, and going and winning things, and maybe going on to a teaching position, and bringing horses through. And, all of that has just been muddled by a whole forest of people going, oh, it is the most dangerous sport that you can do. You're lucky you don't drive. They plan what they're going to do to you overnight. And all that blah. There we go. So if you've lost sight of your goal, and now you've gone further down the line, and you're going out now for hacks, because you've gone out for hacks for the last 20 years, and the goal has been lost for a long time, so now we're going out without any goal at all. Well, what's the horse supposed to think? The horse is waiting for you to give it some sort of instruction. And you've got no instruction to give it. Let's do that for this reason, because you've lost sight of your reason. So the goal that you... Why? Why? Why are you on the horse? What, what would you like? What, what would you like to do? Where would you like to go? What would you like to see? Who would you like to help? Um, what experiences would you like to have? What places would you like to visit? What adventures would you like to have? What would you like to do with those adventures? Would you like to paint them? Would you like to tell stories about them? Would you like to go on, on Facebook and do live at fives about them? Would you like to get your video and through your horse's ears go, look, there's the Highlands of Scotland. Look, there's been... What would you like to do? And why should you not do these things? Why not do those things? And the why not is from... All these images over the years of people going, because you might get dragged, and you might do this, and this might happen, and it might stick there all night deciding what them. So, most of all, if you haven't got your why, then you haven't got something to put through to the horse why we're going out today. Maybe in the future you want to go galloping down the beach. Maybe you are an unconfident rider. Maybe you're an unconfident rider, and you're like, three years' time. I am going to go onto Holcomb Beach and I'm going to gallop the full length of it. And just to prove it and to give myself even more impetus, 
I'm going to tell everyone that I'm going to do it. In fact, I'm going to bet everyone that I can do it. In fact, I'm going to start a sponsor me to gallop down the beach at this particular time, in three years time or two years time, or whatever it takes, and the money raised, I'm going to raise a thousand people for my, a thousand pounds for my favorite charity. Now you've got a big why, haven't you? Because you don't want to be letting down the little Romanian orphan kids because it's time for you to get out today with a view to three years time, you're going to raise money for them. So, so suddenly you find that you do start getting out today. Well, today's a bit rainy. Oh, a bit scared of the rain, a bit scared of the wind. Right. Well, you can knock that on the head. So your bite size would then be get out on long rains and get long raining in the wind and the rain. If you're too scared to, to sit on it in the wind and the rain, and plenty of people are, then long rain it. Learn what the horse will do. There we are. Now we've got a reason to get out. So... When the horse goes out in the wind and the rain, and let's say there's a little little tornado of, of leaves, just for the sake of introducing a, a random hazard. Okay, there's a little tornado of, of leaves and the horse goes, ooh, is this safe? And we're back in that situation that I mentioned a moment ago. The horse goes, ooh, is this safe? When the horse asks, is it safe? It expects an answer. I've got a running joke, and it's not a very good joke that runs at my stables, that says, what does a horse do when it sees a little tornado of leaves? What does, a, what does a horse do when it sees a new horse in the field? What does a horse do when a plastic bag blows across the street? And the answer's the same. What it's told. What does a horse do when a plastic bag blows across the street? What it's told. What does a horse do when a pheasant jumps out in front of it? What it's told. It's quite a good saying that. What does a horse do when? And the answer is, whatever it is, whatever the problem is, it does what it's told. This has two parts to it. The first part is that you expect the horse to obey its instruction. You're the intelligent one. You're the intelligent one. You know what's best. And you've already prepared the horse by making it step back when you go into the stable, not allowing it to rip the hay from that. No, because I know what's best, and I know that my fingers will get hurt. <laughs> and there we are. I know what's best. So when you come across a hazard, or a spook, or whatever you like to call it, the human knows best. Now, there may be a little tornado of... of um, these but in my imagination there's a don't know something even more on the other side that it must not go on a push chair <laughs> you know some, some hazard some hazard that it, it, it must must not go on in that situation absolutely you will go exactly where I say so it gives me a certain amount of importance that I'm not feeling then feeling bad about not allowing the horse to make up its mind. It's only got a small brain, I've got a big brain, and I know what's best. Now, the chance of there being a pushchair there is absolutely nothing, because I don't let pushchairs into my arena. But there we are. Um, but it does just emphasize to myself that I mustn't feel bad or guilty about allowing the horse to make up its own mind, because I need to teach this horse good manners, 
to do whatever it is. And uh, I'm going to go off script a bit, actually. And not only is that um, something for an imaginary danger that will never happen, it's also for the horse's own good. If I teach the horse good manners, if I teach the horse to be obedient, then if something happens to me, if I have to give up horses for any reason, let's make it a nice reason, because I, I get a, a lovely holiday which turns into a residence in a theme park in Australia. Oh, love it. I'm living in Australia now. My horse has to be sold. If I have taught that horse good manners and to do what it's told when it sees a hazard, then that horse, being well-mannered, will go to one home and it will stay there. It's not just for me that the horse does what it's told, it's for the horse. If anything happens to me, I can't keep the horse anymore, it goes to one home and it will stay there. If I spend my time telling the horse that it can do what it likes the moment it sees a hazard, then it will be an ill-mannered horse, even a dangerous horse, and that horse, if something happens to me, will then be sold from home to 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 home and become one of those evergreen horses that just goes from home to home to home with everybody trying their luck, trying their particular way of dealing with the horse before they get fed up and they sell it on as well. So it's imperative and it's, it's the best intentions that the horse does what it's told. I expect the horse to take the instruction from the leader with the big brain. There we are. But in saying, what does a horse do when it sees a spook? What does it do when it sees a little tornado of leaves? It does what it's told. Has a second responsibility that comes from me. It assumes, that saying assumes that I will tell it something. There's a responsibility. So here we are, we're, we're doing a circle, a little tornado of leaves comes up. A lot of people's focus then goes on to the tornado of leaves. They then go on to the spook, they go on to one No, no, no. I have a responsibility. I have a responsibility to tell the horse to do something so the horse can either do it or not. It's, it's no good just leaving it to the horse and say, I didn't, I didn't tell you to jump to the left. You didn't tell it anything. It's like when people sit there and, and they kind of like, uh, and then the horse wanders off and they go, I didn't tell you to go as they wander off. Well, you didn't tell it to stand either. You didn't tell it anything. So, it's the responsibility of me. So it's actually quite a, a heavy responsibility sentence. What does a horse do when it sees a, a hazard? What it's taught. I will tell it to do something. And the thing I will tell it to do in this little scenario that I've just made up is we were doing a circle. We've come to some leaves. Do the circle. That's the answer to a bunch of leaves. Do the circle. Do what it's told. But I have to tell it to do what it's told. So what gives me the, the uh, iron and, and fire to absolutely bloody-mindedly tell the horse to do what it's told? Because I must teach it to behave in the wind and the rain so that I can ride in the wind and the rain, so that I can do 
the amount of required riding to get trot absolutely familiar so that I can by this time next year start doing my canter transitions so that I can by the end of next year be freely can uh, going into and out of my canter transitions so the following year I can learn to gallop so the next time I can go on Holcomb Beach I can do the sponsored ride and I can raise the money for the Romanian children. Why are you riding horses? Your goal is the reason, is the key to it all. The goal is the key to it all. So there's a saying that I like to spread around as much as I can. It applies throughout life, not just horses. Whatever you want to do, starting a business, uh, forming relationships, um, helping people, riding horses. If the why is big, and make the why big. If the why is big, then the how is easy. The why is big, then the how is easy. There we are. That's what I'd like to add, and that's what was missing from this lady's question, is look at your goals, take the big picture. Why are we doing this in the first place? And then uh, it was very sensible, and then it all got a little bit emotional towards the end, where it was like, I'm going to have to give this up if I if I can't stop, you know, if if I can't ride the horses without making the horse bad, I'm, I'm going to have to give it up. Well, we we got a bit emotional there, and I I don't agree with that bit because if I was to exaggerate that a little bit, what would you think of me if I was to say, if I can't do a counter counter pirouette? by the end of this sea. I've been trying to do a canter pirouette by the end of the season. I can't do it. I'm going to shoot this horse. <laughs> You'd be like, hey, that's a bit extreme. <laughs> it's a bit extreme. You don't have to shoot the horse because you can't do a canter pirouette. There's lots of other things you could do. And that's my point. That is a little, little uh, an exaggerated version of what I said. Um, I'll have to give it up if I can't ride these horses. There are so many other things to do than ride the horses. Maybe riding isn't for you, but there's no need to dive into a pit of misery about it. Loads of people have horses that they don't ride. Everybody who owns a Shetland above the age of 12 thoroughly enjoys them and doesn't ride them. It's changing now, but it used to be that most people who have heavy horses didn't ride them. They're not for riding. They're for driving, driving drays and competing and showing and, and everything. There's a act called Rosie and Scout. If you if you went to Spirit of the Horse, you might have seen them. That's where I saw them. The most superb act, the most wonderful blend of, of uh, partnership and companionship. The horse got into a bed and it, it pulled the covers pulled the covers off and she'd put it back into bed and it pulled the covers off. She didn't even get on it. It was a half hour act that was pure poetry. Pure poetry. The second best act I've ever seen. Ali, Ali Mary in, in uh, Dubai from Abu Dhabi. He got this horse to, to stand on a little block and wherever you put the block, the horse stands on it and then he did a little bow and it never. And then an eagle came in and landed on its, on its back and beautifully trained, didn't even get on it. Carriage driving, scurry driving, shire horses, ploughing competitions, I don't even know. 
on my uh, Facebook page, on my live at five, I was just chatting to some people and, and somebody had a, a, a problem and they couldn't get on their horse and we had this conversation. And while I, while I was on, on air, as such, if that's what you call Facebook Live, um, she'd already been on Google and come up with 30 different things that you can do on horses other than ride them. So, my response to that part is to be like the Fonz. You know the Fonz. What's the Fonz like? How is the Fonz? He's cool. Just be cool. There's loads of things you can do and have not only meaningful relationships, but well-trained, super events, activities that would have people just saying, I wish I had a horse like yours. You're so lucky and all the things that people say. You don't have to ride them. If people say, oh, but I love horses, you, you can love them and there we are. So that's the end of that little bit of emotional at the end. But the whole post, everybody who answered missed. Why are we doing it? Why are we doing it? So I hope this has been helpful. The last little bit that I would like to say is this was just one post from one person. And I don't know the person. And possibly you could find that some people self-identify so much that there is no advice that you could give them without them playing the but game. But, not in my case, but, not in my case, but, not in my case. And then every now and then they'll have a moment of lucidity where they say, I'm ruining these horses, and then they get a bit upset. So you also might want to look at your own self-identity. If you, you self-identify as somebody who will is the most unchangeable, the most unlucky, oh, there's no one as unlucky, the most unfortunate, the most, the most, the most, the most. If you're going to play those self-identity games, then um, go down and see a, your friendly neighbourhood hypnotherapist, maybe uh, get more positive self-image. So I hope this has been useful. Uh, please leave a comment. If you uh, share this to anybody, uh, please do. That's, that's what I've done it for, so that it's a nice, shareable, compact, people are just feeling as, as low as anything. I hope it helps. I'm Carl Greenwood. Uh, thanks for listening. <laughs>